Hello and welcome to We Random episode 11. My goodness, we made episode 11 and the Green Bay Packers started the season 4-0. What an amazing year this has been. You know, if you ignore everything else going on, we're going to talk about some of that coming up next. Almost Qualified Productions. Experts don't have this much fun. Welcome to We Random, episode 11. I'm Brian. That's Christopher. Say hello to the people, Christopher. Hello, people. Today, as usual, we'll get into some randomly selected topics thanks to our Wheel of View. We've got some fun things on there, such as We Like Sports, which is a recap of a lot of things going on in sports right now. We've also got some local topics, including the uh, Tavern League, trying to make sure that the bars are packed with people. So what do you say, Christopher? Should we go ahead and spin this wheel and see what the wheel's got for us today? Yeah, I'm going to spin the wheel and see if we catch some COVID. I'm pretty damn sure we're going to. uh, There's a couple things on the wheel here. Did we sanitize the wheel before spinning it? I hope we did. Well, if we did, then I'm pretty sure this topic wouldn't come up because if anything is going to get removed by sanitation, it's probably our president, Donald Trump, who apparently <laughs> is good buddies with the uh, ex-NWA guy, Ice Cube. What the hell is going on here? Like, can you find two different bedfellows possibly ever? So I was scrolling Twitter the other day and I saw that Ice Cube was trending. Typically, when people trend on Twitter, either they're dead or some kind of scandal has happened, right? So I was hoping that Ice Cube wasn't dead, and thankfully he is not, but (laughs) he was catching a lot of heat for working with the Trump administration. The rapper Ice Cube was defending himself against the social media attacks that he received after the Trump campaign thanked him for working with them on their platinum plan for black Americans. Initially, Ice Cube had come out with his own plan called the Contract with Black America. In that, he asked politicians for banking, police, and prison reform, elimination of all Confederate statues, federal funding of bonds starting with $1,000 at birth, among other reforms to support the black community in order to earn the support of the black vote. So apparently, he ended up working with the Trump campaign on their plan, and people were just like in his mentions and just slaying him, right? And he put out kind of a string of tweets saying, every side is the dark side for us here in America. They're all the same until something changes for us. They all lie and they all cheat, but we can't afford to not negotiate with whoever is in power or our condition in this country will never change. Our justice is bipartisan. Now, he had also said that when he came out with his contract for Black America, both parties, the Democratic Party and the Republican Party, had contacted him. And it sounds like he, Ice Cube, said that the Democratic Party said, well, we'll deal with this after the election. And the Republican Party was like, hey, we already have a plan, this platinum plan for Black Americans where we want to create jobs and we want to increase access to capital and we want to strengthen immigration policies so you as Black Americans can get more jobs. So I think this is interesting. I personally feel like this is a really good example of how our society is just so stuck in the extremes and they're like, we don't like you so much that we you shouldn't work with Donald Trump ever. You shouldn't talk to him. You shouldn't look at him. You shouldn't do anything for him. Now, Ice Cube is just a dude out here 
trying to do something. It's not like he's got Trump 2020 flags in his garden or something, right? I would hope not. <laughs> I mean, what are your thoughts about this, Christopher? Well, I think you, you kind of hit on the piece that I was going to talk to, which was the tweet that he put out that, you know, everything is against us in this country right now. And not, everything's the same until it changes. We have to work with whoever's in office. And I think that's a legit it's a legit stance, right? Like, it doesn't matter if it's Trump in the office or Biden in the office or someone completely different in the office. You know, that's who you need to work with. You need to work with whoever is in power. Now, I hope that he doesn't want Trump to be in power because, you know, then I'm going to really question his his sensibilities. But regardless of who he wants to be in, in power and in office, you know, I think he's got a really good point that these are the people that I need to work with. And he reached out to both sides and this side said, hey, this is what we're willing to do. Let's have these conversations. You have to have those conversations. Now, I think it, the reason why people are freaking out is because Trump is very, very clearly shown where he lies when it comes to race relations. And, you know, whether you want to call him a racist or a bigot or you know, that, that he feels prejudiced or whatever the case may be, he clearly has some detrimental views on race relations or basically anybody that's not a white man, let's be honest. And and so I think that's where people are coming from, right? Your immediate reaction is, well, Jesus Christ, how can you work with this guy? And he's an asshole and blah, 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 and whatever else, right? Which I get. I I not only get it, I agree with it. But, but, but uh, to Ice Cube's point, you have to work with whoever's there. And right now that's who's here. And that's the person who responded and said, Hey, let's talk about it. He has to do that. It would be stupid for him not to. He's got a platform that a lot of people don't have. And if he can bring awareness and have conversations and actually get some progress, that's an amazing thing. Now, do I think that's going to happen with numbnuts in the office? No, probably not, but he's got to try. And you got to give the guy all sorts of credit for doing that. Right. You don't have to like someone. You don't have to agree with someone. You don't have to be buddies with someone to work with them to try to advocate for change that you want to see. And I think that's what a lot of people are missing here. It's like they're just, again, wanting to wish this away, just like we wish everything away in this country these days. But this is a thing where I actually I don't hold ill will towards him for doing this because this is his plan. He wants to have a plan and they wanted to talk to him about his plan. Like you said, it's a sound business decision to let somebody talk to you about your plan. Right. Absolutely. I mean, it's great that people are raising awareness. It's great that people are passionate. It's great that people are protesting on the peaceful side you know, all of these things are great and that, you know, you're hearing about it more and it's all over social media and all over the news. That's great. Raising awareness is important. But when it comes down to it, you have to actually make tangible changes. And that's what all this stuff is trying to get done. And to me, that's what it seems like Ice Cube's trying to do is make those tangible changes. So you got to give the guy credit. I definitely agree. So from the We Random perspective, Ice Cube's not catching any heat from us. So let's uh, keep it on spinning. What do you say? I'm spinning it. I don't remember what this one was. I need to look back at the sheet. I just wrote down, don't break windows. What, what is that oh, all about? Oh, you know okay. what that means? Yes, I do. This is your gentleman. So this was an... Article. Oh, that fucking thing. <laughs> so this was an article that Christopher sent to me. And we had a nice long tweet, or not tweet stream, but a text stream about it. And in my brain, I said... Let's leave some in the can here because we're going to talk about it on the podcast. So there was a Las Vegas father who would not allow anyone 
to break his car window where he had trapped his child. Sidney Dean. Now, to be fair, it was an accident. He accidentally, I don't know how you do this on accident, but he accidentally locked his 20-month-year-old or 20-month-old daughter inside of his car. Yep. So he was arrested and charged with child abuse, neglect, and endangerment resulting in the child's death after he accidentally locked the child in the car. He then uh, refused to break the windows to free her, apparently not wanting to damage the car and believing that she was in air conditioning. Now, I have lots of questions about that, but we're not going to go there. We're just going to move on. He flagged down a police officer who then offered to break the window. He declined, calling his brother, who then arrived. And what did he do, Christopher? Offered, offered to break the to window. That's yeah, like the right thing to fucking do. So the man declined again, stopped his brother, and wanted to wait for a tow truck and insisted he not damage his new vehicle, stating he just bought the car and did not have the money to repair the window. Also, uh, the man's girlfriend also told police that she'd called the locksmith, but Deal did not like the price they quoted, so he declined service of that too. So this went on for an hour in Las Vegas, and eventually a police officer broke the window, and by that time, unfortunately, the child was deceased. Now, it also came out later in the week that this uh, gentleman, it sounds like he's got some other stuff going on. He's had some other child abuse allegations and things like that. But I think this is just a very sad situation. Again, like, it's a window, man. Like, come on, man. Like, human life is more valuable than a window. Human life is more valuable than, no, I'm not going to go there. I'm going to keep it on track, Christopher. Take this one over. Dude, I have so many emotions about this shit. Like, my head's going to fucking explode. So, first of all, I'm going to completely ignore past, past allegations or reports or any of that. I don't even care about that. Your kid is in the fucking car and is dying in front of your fucking eyes, and you don't do something because you're afraid of... of breaking the fucking window. So first of all, this guy's a fucking asshole and he needs to be locked the fuck away. Fucking throw away the goddamn key. But what's fucking worse is how many other motherfuckers, including the goddamn cops are fucking standing there talking with this motherfucking guy and nobody breaks a window. Are you fucking kidding me? Like I would have just broke out my fucking checkbook and wrote a check and then broke that fucking, like who the fuck just stands there arguing with this guy? Like this is a picture I have in my head, like five people standing around the car saying, Hey, we need to break the window. No, I don't want to break the window. I'm waiting for a tow truck. But no, the kid and the kid's fucking dying in there while they're having these fucking conversations. All these motherfuckers need to be fucking locked up or charged or something. This is so fucking insane. It blows my goddamn mind. A fucking child is dead because of these fucking morons. Unfucking believable. Now I'm gonna say fuck a few more fucking times because I'm really pissed at this shit. It's a really fucked situation, isn't it? I mean, Dude, I'm like, fucking irate over this one. Yeah, like it's it's just very sad because this is a preventable death and this is definitely something like that's where when I read the thing about the air conditioning, well, I think they're in air conditioning. How do you know? Is your car on? Can you see the air conditioning icon? Can you feel that the windows are cool? Like, why are you doing this? Just just bite bite it, break the window, take the charge. Maybe you have insurance. Like, I don't know, but like this is... Yeah, the air conditioning excuse is so fucking stupid. Who cares? You break the fucking window. Right. Like, it. yeah, this is just sad, and it 
really emphasizes a lack of logic in people's brains, right? Like how in, in materialism too, it's like, well, my car is more important than saving my child. Well, you forfeited that right when you locked your keys in your car. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like I, I don't even want to talk about this anymore. Fuck this guy. All right, let's spin it. All right, I'm spinning. So, um, B. Yes. Have you ever had a, a moment in your life when, when you looked over at your, your beautiful wife and she's got the twinkle in her eye and maybe you reach over and you hold onto her hand and, and you say to her, can we go on a date in Bernie's Terrace? <laughs> Bernie's Terrace? Isn't well, that what this was? This is not. Well, technically, this is uh, Lakefront Brewery has the oh. original Bernie Brewer Chalet. The chalet that was at good old. That's even worse. <laughs> Why is that even worse? I don't know. It's just worse. So Bernie Chalet that was at County Stadium now resides at Lakefront Brewery in Milwaukee. And for a $20 deposit and a minimum food and drink bill of between $50 and $65, you and one loved one can spend a full 90 minutes hanging out inside Bernie Brewer's original chalet. Your reservation will include a flight of beer or a beverage of choice and a heart-shaped dessert pretzel. You'll also have the opportunity to overlook the dining area and a bunch of fermentation tanks. So, Christopher, multiple questions for you. All right, hit me. First question, is this something that you would be interested in? I mean, I think it's really dumb, but I mean, eating food and drinking beer? I mean, I mean I'm always down for that, but maybe not right now when I could die. Well, that's why they limit it to a full 90 minutes because they need to sanitize the chalet. Oh, okay. oh, so you're there all by yourself. Yep. No, it's just two seats. It's just you and another person and you're just chilling and then you get your 90 minutes and then you leave and then they sanitize and then they put somebody else in there. So it's just that. But my real question is, so your minimum food and drink bill is $65 Friday and Saturday and $50 Monday through Thursday. Now, for $65, if they're giving you a beer flight and a pretzel, what can you buy for $65? How drunk are you going to be? Because if you buy cheese curds, that's $10. If you buy like a burger, that's $15. So $15, $30, $40, you still have $25 to spend. Beers are like $5 a pop. So you're yeah, going to have got, like seven food, beers. Right? Well, that's, got food, right? Well, that's what I'm saying. Like even if you buy two burgers and – some cheese curds that's only like 40 bucks i know this on, because dude. i am every, a every time, veteran <laughs> every time i go out to eat somewhere it's like 40 bucks so 65 for two people is like a drop in the bucket well there is that but yeah i mean i think it's interesting this is something that i would actually like to do but i don't know that i'm going to do it i just think that it's kind of fun and again i feel like we've talked about this a lot in covid times this is a fun way to be innovative like you can create what in theory is a safe space because you're going to be six more than six feet away from everybody. You're going to be elevated. Hopefully it's going to be clean and you know, it could be a nice little fun thing to do. So what you're saying is when you look over lovingly into your wife's eyes, you do think about hanging out with Bernie Brewer. Mm, Brad beach <laughs> more than Bernie, but you know, I'm spinning the wheel. All right. 
Oh, so we're going to talk about some more beer-related stuff. Beers, 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 beers. This is not a beer-sponsored podcast tonight, by the way. But what do you got for us? Tavern League of Wisconsin, B. Lay it on me. All right. So, as you, loyal listener, may or may not know, the COVID-19 situation in Wisconsin is not good right now. So, currently, we shall start with a message put out by the... COVID-19 task force in the White House. The task force said Wisconsin's ability to limit further escalations of their cases and avoid increases in hospitalizations and deaths will depend on increased observation of social distancing mitigation measures by the community. Lack of compliance with these measures will lead to preventable deaths. So that's what the uh, White House COVID-19 task force says. So the governor of Wisconsin, Tony Evers, put out a order that is a, an emergency order to say, hey, we want to reduce the capacity in bars and restaurants and other places to 25%. And do you know what the Tavern League did, Christopher? Uh, no, tell me what they did, B. The Tavern League sued. The Tavern League said that um, this would be considered a de facto closure and bars and restaurants are facing bankruptcy, closure, and economic ruin and cannot survive such a dramatic reduction in customers. So this was filed in Sawyer County in Wisconsin, and there was a judge who actually blocked the order and has an injunction set for the week that this podcast comes out to talk about this again. So while everything is just going bananas, we still have people here who are fighting against trying to do things that are for the greater good. There was also a chart of Wisconsin's mobility, how we are moving around and living our lives. It shows that our mobility is the same as it was in pre-pandemic times. So despite all of the pleas, whether that is from a national level or a state level, they are going unheard. Do you know what this is, Christopher? What is it, B? This is like when we watched the presidential debate and the moderator just saying, thank you, Mr. President. Thank you, Mr. President. Thank you, Mr. Vice President. And then they just kept getting talked over for 12 fucking minutes. That's basically what this situation is because the governor's like, please wear a mask. Please do stuff. And the people are like, fuck you. I want to have a bonfire. Bonfire. Dumpster fire. Bonfire. Dumpster fire. (laughs) And that's basically what people are doing. Well, yeah, I mean, Numbnuts in Chief is supposed to be having a rally tomorrow in Wisconsin where his people are saying you shouldn't congregate. Like, the the, the, the insanity of this whole thing is ridiculous. And, and the one point you brought up that our, our you know, our travel is the same as it was pre-pandemic, I, it, that's the first I've heard of that. I'm not surprised, but I think that's super eye-opening, right? Because it, it speaks to the fact that, you know, people are not giving a damn. They're not isolating. They're not staying home. They're out doing whatever the hell they want to do. And then, you know, the assholes that are doing this in, in great degree are people who don't wear a mask. So they're just, this thing is just going to continue to, to, to erupt. It's insane. And the simple fact of the matter is it doesn't matter how much you, you know, show people the science or you show them what makes sense or you try to personalize it with what about people in your life that could get sick or ill or die. They just don't give a shit. They just flat out don't care. Or they're so goddamn proud and so goddamn, you know, stuck to their political beliefs that that they just they just throw all the reason out the window. So I don't know. I I think they're a lost cause. 
And it's sad because this is just going to keep getting worse. And a lot of people are going to die that should, a lot of people have already died that shouldn't have died. And, and then there's going to be a lot more who are going to die that shouldn't have to die. And it's, it's fucking disgusting. It is. And, and in reality, it comes down to the dollar because people prioritize yeah. their own dollar and saying, I want this dollar. I want to be able to do whatever I want with this dollar. And the world is laughing at us. There was a video that I saw today from New Zealand where this dude was straight up making fun of America. The world <laughs> I saw that. is laughing at us. But you know what? It's our right to be laughed at because that's all we care about is my rights. So it is your right now that the world is laughing at you. Well, one of the things, and, and I don't have the article in front of me, but um, I think it was a person who filed this lawsuit basically said, um, with your 25% maximum capacity limit, we cannot sustain our business doing that. Okay, I get that. And I'm not a business owner. I understand that, that that's a, that's a, that's a, a big thing, right? There's businesses that are at risk. I get that. But why does that give you the right to put a bunch of people's lives at risk? Put the lives of the people working for you at risk. It's just, it blows my goddamn mind that again, to your point, it's all about the dollar. And and I get it. If I owned a small business, you know, we spend a lot of, a lot of time and a lot of money at a, at a small business, um, small brewery. And you know, they, I'm sure they're struggling from this and I would hate to see them go out of business. I, I don't, I'm not in that environment, right? I don't, I don't live that life. So I don't, I don't understand all the intricacies about that. And it's a lot easier for me to say, go fuck yourself than it is if I was in that business. Right. But the fact that, that people are just as a whole, even beyond this, this one specific incident, just people are so flippant with how much they care about people's lives just it it blows my mind i i don't even know what else to say about it i agree it's just one of those things that is frustrating and challenging and people just want to make excuses for the fact that they are making blatantly selfish decisions yeah all right spin in the wheel man all right i need some i need something good i need the zeke elliott feed me actually that probably won't be good either so we're gonna we'll see what does the wheel got for us <laughs> uh the wheel wants us to hop oh so We're going to talk about another slightly useless thing here. So Milwaukee um, has a kind of light rail train thing that goes like six circular blocks or whatever called the hop. And this was a federally funded project. And it came up in a department of public works or not department of public works, but it came up in a Uh, budget hearing for the city that maybe we should suspend the hop as a way of controlling our budget and cutting cost. The reason for that is ridership has declined 25% due to the pandemic. And next year, so the 2021 year, will be the first time that the city won't have federal grants to fund the hop. So the plan is for the city to use parking funds for the streetcar. But the problem is those parking funds are also short because, you know, pandemic. So Mm -hmm. the Department of Public Works commissioner has said that it isn't as simple as just to shut it down because there's a project agreement that specifically spells out the obligation, the commitment, and operating the system for the life of the project. Now, my whole thing with the hop, and I am a public transportation user, um, loyal listener. It's definitely something that I'm sure like if I lived on the east side, I would find horrendously useful because I don't live on the east side. It is of no use to me because it basically goes from the new Explorium Brew Pub in the Third Ward to like what the Jewish home over on like Farwell Prospect ish area, you know, but 
I think it's interesting, and I think it says a lot that they're already going, well, let's just cut this. Like, again, I feel like one of the hatchet jobs of any budget is always going to public transportation first. And I think, again, there is some bias in there because a lot of individuals, especially folks that are in the lower socioeconomic statuses and things like that, might use public transportation. That might not necessarily be as true for the hop because the hop tends to go through more of the kind of, hey, we got some money down here in the downtown area. But I don't know. What are your thoughts about this, Christopher? I don't have a ton of thoughts because it doesn't really impact me personally, which makes me a bit of an asshole. But um, I don't know that I have a ton of thoughts, but I agree with you that um, public transportation seems to be one of the first things that that gets cut in a lot of these things. And I I think that's because um, a lot of the assholes in charge are assholes like me, right? It doesn't bother me. So what do I care? Let's just cut funding for that. So I don't know that I have a huge dog in this fight either way. Um, to your point, I think that there are people that, that could rely on this. I don't know that this is, I wouldn't look at this the same as changing the normal, you know, bus routes and, and that that they have. I think that would be a much, much bigger impact than what this is. Um, but still, I think we're um, we're impacting people that maybe we don't need to impact. But I don't know. This Again, this is not, I don't have a dog in this fight. Right. And I think one of the bigger things is just think about all of the infrastructure that was torn up streets and things like that to put in these tracks. And now all of a sudden, like a couple years ago, no, we're just going to be done with this. Like that is a horrendous use of time, horrendous use of money. And it could have been put into something so much better. Yeah, that's a great point. So that's my thoughts on that. And that's why I wanted this to be on here, but we are going to hop (laughs) to the next topic. (laughs) You know, we, we had like a bunch of sports topics on here. I don't think we've hit a single one yet, have we? Unless no. you count the the Bernie Chalet. No. So pretty much all we have left are sports and then the Apple thing. All right. That's it. That's all we got. So what are the odds that we get the Apple thing? No, we didn't. All right. So I said in the intro that your Green Bay Packers started off 4-0. By the time you hear this, you uh, will know whether they went 5-0 or not. We're going to talk about week five in the NFL. B, you had a couple different things that you wanted to talk to about this. Uh, What do you got? All right. So we've got a lot of sports. We'll start with week five in the NFL. So things that we learned in week five, we learned that Dak Prescott's ankle is not double jointed. Unfortunately, he suffered a season ending injury. We learned that Josh Norman had a family. His new family is Derrick Henry's. I don't know if you saw that hit that uh, Derrick Henry put on Josh Norman, but he may still be on that field spinning like a top. He might be. <laughs> so Packers are 4-0. Um, Daniel Jones has fumbled another football during this podcast. Um, <laughs> the Falcons have fired their coach. There's been, a, yeah. there's been a couple other COVID scares, but it sounds like all of the games are going to go on as scheduled. So this weekend, the Packers are looking at Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. Do you think Tom Brady knows what week it is, Christopher? Probably not. I don't, I don't know if he knows, you know, whether or not he combed his hair this morning. I feel like Gronk might just take care of that for him. He, he might take care of a lot of things, but, you know. We want to keep this podcast PG. All right. Kind of. So (laughs) we've got that. That's the NFL week five. We learned those things. I am going to move on to the Zeke Elliott feed me of the week. This is not uh, 
Dallas Cowboys topic. This is the New Orleans Saints. The New Orleans Saints are trying to make some money, Christopher. So are they? They are. Currently, New Orleans mayor has not been willing to allow the Saints to have limited capacity fans in the uh, stadium in New Orleans. So the team is now talking with LSU about hosting upcoming games at Tiger Stadium in Baton Rouge, where limited fans are a possibility. So... As we know, the Zeke Elliott feed me of the week is where people are trying to make that money. So <laughs> New Orleans is trying to make that money. And I think that LSU might actually have a little bit of a horse in this fight because, oh, their game with Florida, that was canceled because of COVID. So <laughs> um, LSU in Florida and Vanderbilt, Missouri have been canceled due to COVID-19 concerns. The SEC had gone weeks without any games being impacted, but Vanderbilt has been dealing with this for a while and, in fact, only had 56 scholarship players on their active roster last week. So they have now dipped below the minimum required of 53 active players, so they cannot play this week. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just a matter of time, right? Yep. And the other sports topic that I wanted to run by you here is a baseball topic, and it comes from the Brewers Twitter's favorite baseball team, the Chicago White Sox. So (laughs) the Chicago White Sox parted ways with manager Rick Renteria, and do you know who they're looking at to replace him? Uh, An old white guy. Yes, but do you know which old white guy? No, I don't. The devil himself, Tony La Russa. Oh, why not? So what you're telling me is that a young, exciting team is looking at a crusty, grumpy, archaic manager who may have a medical incident the first time that Tim Anderson flips his bat? <laughs> is that what, like, is this a long con to finally take out Tony Larusa? Like, what? Like, this makes no sense to me, and I really hope that it doesn't happen. You know, one of the things, we, we talk a lot about politics and politics-related things here, and, and I've been uh, uh, very, very... I, I very, very, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Uh, very often I will say, you know, it's just a bunch of old white guys, right? That's mm-hmm. the thing that really irritates me about sports, especially professional sports is they just keep recycling these guys. Right. And most of them are old white guys, but not all of them. They just recycle these people through. And, and, and some of them, you, I guess you kind of understand it, right? Like, like they, they had some success or whatever, but then there's so many of these guys that get, get, get multiple chances when they're garbage and, and Tony LaRusse has had some success. I get it, but go find someone new, find someone, you know, that, that can, can, can blend in with the team maybe a little bit more, but why bring in this guy who's like 85 years old? I just, I don't get it. I don't understand why people continue to just, why they just rehash these fucking old guys all the damn time. It just irritates me. Yep, that makes sense. Oh, do we want to? No, we're not going to talk about the NBA because nobody cares. <laughs> That's probably about right. Yeah. So apparently the uh, L.A. LeBrons won the championship, but we're not going to talk about that. And I think we're going to spin the wheel and we're going to talk about something that's a little bit more shiny than an NBA championship. Yeah, we don't even have to spin the wheel because you covered all three of the remaining sports topics. So the last thing was uh, uh, Apple had an event this week. And so, you know, being a big tech guy, um, I made sure that I watched that in between working on whatever stuff I had to work on and, you know, conference calls and all that. Um, and they announced a, a couple of different things. I mean, they they announced new phones, like four different new phones and, um, and the HomePod mini, which I just got a HomePod. And let me tell you, I love the goddamn thing. I listen to it all the damn time. I love it. 
Um, so the mini, I think, is actually a super, super cool idea. It's had a, a, a good price point, what, 100 bucks. So it's still more expensive than, you know, what you might get from Amazon or something. But uh, it still allows you to have like a presence in multiple rooms. That's what you wanted to do, which I think a lot of people do with uh, like the Echo devices. I know that's what I do. Um, and then, uh, you know, the big thing, the big selling point through all this, though, was 5G, 5G, 5G. Who the fuck cares about 5G? Okay. I mean, yeah. Did you I know get that it. they have 5G? Dude, it was <laughs> like they even brought on, I think they brought on some dude who's like an engineer with Verizon to talk about the 5G. It's like, come on, man. Most people don't give a shit about 5G. Like 98% of the people who, who are your customer are not going to be in an area where they can use the, the, the high-speed millimeter wave that you keep hearing about, right? When you want, when you see the Verizon commercial and they talk about, you know, I downloaded an entire movie in, in 2.3 seconds or whatever, that's like a one-block area in downtown New York City where you get that speed. Everywhere else, it's just fucking 4G speed. But but nobody wants to talk about that. So I I don't know. It, it, it kind of... I think the thing was, is there's nothing super exciting about these phones. And and I had this conversation. It might've been with UB. I don't remember who it was because a lot of people talk to me about this stuff because they know that it excites me and interests me, but we've kind of reached the point where you're not going to get a crap ton of innovation in, in these phones, right? Like you might, you might innovate the stuff that's in there, but you're not going to get something brand new and super exciting, right? You're not going to get uh, oh my God, look, now you can ha- go to an app store and download apps, right? Like all this stuff we've, we pretty much reached the peak development on a lot of these things so unless they do something completely outrageous this is kind of what you get we're going to make the processor faster we're maybe going to make the battery bigger or smaller and we're going to add 5g but there isn't going to be anything revolutionary and that's kind of what we got nothing revolutionary and so i think that's why they really dove in on the 5g so heavily you can have a battery wallet that's attached to your phone if you want that for some yeah it's got a magnet on the back (laughs) congratulations who the fuck cares all right, so did you know that on Facebook someone said that 5G gave them the Rona? Also, Dude, they've did been you talking about that for 5G? a year. <laughs> Get out of here. They've been testing 5G for like five years or something. Like, if that's what it was, this shit would have hit a long time ago. Right. So I think this is interesting. I feel like when I was watching the HomePod, I'm like, isn't this just a fancy Bluetooth speaker? But I think it is interesting. I'm excited about the phone. I think the camera improvements are great. I love to take photos. For example, when I go to Milwaukee Wave games, I feel like that's something that will be helpful for me because especially I think they're going to be able to do some wider field shots and things like that. So I think it's something that will be fun, obviously, with everything going on. I don't think there will be any Wave games I'll be going to anytime soon, but (laughs) I can practice in my own home. So I'm excited about this. I'm going to try to upgrade when the phones come out and we'll see how this works. Do you have any other thoughts about the event? No, I think to your point, you know, they really talked about how this is going to be a device that you can actually shoot in Dolby Vision, I believe it is. So you can get like the, you can shoot in HDR. So you get super great contrast, you get good colors, you get great sound, all of that, Um, which is good. I think that's great. I think they, and that's why they're really limiting to that pro model, right? I'm making air quotes um, because it's really, it's really geared towards people who use this on more of a professional level. Like, I don't know that you need to use all of that fancy stuff if you're recording your, you know, your kids running around the yard or something, but you could, um, that you can record in that kind of quality and then you can edit in that kind of quality. I think that's super cool. And I think that we're going to see a whole bunch of people that are using these devices in really cool and innovative ways. And I'm excited to see that. Um, one of the things that they do talk about as well, though, is what I had read and I, and I, just kind of breeze through it is that this format isn't compatible with 
you know, like your social media. So that like you can use this super fancy recording and then put it on Facebook without doing some sort of compression or editing or whatever it is you need to do. So yeah, there's, you're going to hear people bitching about that, but I think it's a cool technology. And like I said, those are the little things like, yeah, that's cool. But is that like an innovative showstopper that now everybody's going to drop their Android and run to iPhone? No, but if you got an iPhone and you use video and maybe you have more of a professional ish kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. That's a really cool add on, but I don't know that people are going to ditch their phone to run to iPhone because of that. So again, innovate the stuff you've got, but eh, it's not super exciting. That's fair. Well, another year, another phone and another topic down. So Christopher, are you ready for random rankings? Hell yeah, brother. Let's do it. All right. So we got feedback from you, loyal listener, that you were a little bit exhausted on food topics so who can be exhausted on food man so for this week we have decided on a non-food topic we are going to talk about your green bay packers dun 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 so the green bay packers <laughs> we know obviously we're trying to get around like copyright violations there right we can't do too much of the song but the green bay packers they are trying to make a march towards the playoffs what do they need to win the Super Bowl in a world where Adam Gase is the coach of every team, and he has decided that he's going to put every player on the free agent market, Christopher and I will each pick four current NFL players and explain how those players will help the Packers win the Super Bowl. You can only get these players for one year, so there's no need to try to grab somebody to stash them for the next 15 years, and we cannot pick the same players. So, we are going to add these players to the team, and we're going to explain how these players are going to help these Green Bay Packers win the Super Bowl. Are you ready for this, Christopher? Hell yeah, I am. I'm always ready for a Packers Super Bowl. All right. So are we going to spin it, or do you want to just declare who gets to go first? No, let me let me load up a randomizer quick. I was kind of in the middle of doing that. So we got B, and we got C. All right, you ready? Randomize. I got the first pick. All right. So Christopher is on the clock. All right. So I got a list of guys here. And uh, I could go a lot of different ways on this. I'm thinking I know exactly where I want to go with my first two picks. I'm just trying to decide which one of these people you might take with one of your two picks. Um, I am going to start with DeAndre Hopkins. Oh, all right. And, and, and I don't know that I need to say why, but let's be honest, our, uh, our wide receivers. Yeah. Yeah. We pieced together some stuff, but, but you add somebody like that, who's a super dynamic wide receiver and dynamic playmaker. And you put him together with the, uh, Devante Adams and, all of a sudden that offense can look a whole hell of a lot more electric and they're already pretty damn electric, but I really like the idea of adding another weapon there. All right. That was actually not someone that I had on my radar, but I don't think that you can go wrong on that pick. So I am on the clock and I am slightly tilting because I could try to go with who I think you know, I would take, but now that you've already taken a wide receiver, do I need to take a wide receiver? I don't necessarily think that I do. So I am going to start 
and get the person that I think will make one of the biggest impacts on this team. What do we always say about this team, Christopher? Uh, Their defense sucks. Yes. And do you know how we can help their defense? Uh, Fire everybody and get a new defense. (laughs) Well, no, but we can acquire defensive tackle Aaron Donald. So Aaron Donald is one of the best defensive tackles in the league. I would argue best defensive player, period. But yeah, go on. Yes. But what I'm saying is the Packers play a 3-4 defense. And you need a specific type of player to play in a 3-4 defense. You just can't go get some 240-pound edge rusher and put him on the line and expect him to do work. Between Aaron Donald and Kenny Clark, you're really shoring up that line. You're not going to get Todd Gurley with his hot and cold knees slicing through this defense like it's hot butter. He's going to do some run stopping. He's going to help them shore up the middle because what do you do when you want to get better in baseball? You shore up your team up the middle. What do you do on your defense when you want your defense to get better? You shore it up up the middle, and Aaron Donald does that. It's a great pick. In fact, after I took my pick, I was like, son of a bitch, I should have taken Aaron Donald first. So what are you going to do with your second pick, B? Oh, I get to go again. Hooray for me. All right. I didn't. So what I'm going to do is I, at this point, think that I am going to make sure that we are set not only on defense, but we are also going to be set on the offensive end because you know what we need to do we need to keep Aaron Rodgers upright do you know how you keep Aaron Rodgers upright we run the ball every time well do you know what you need to run the ball every time uh you need good offensive linemen you you need good offensive linemen right now we are playing a Frankenstein of Billy Taylor or like Lane Taylor or James Taylor, Taylor Swift. I don't know. We've got some issues on that offensive line. They're doing all right, but we need a good offensive lineman. And there is a individual who used to play here in the state (laughs) of Wisconsin named Ryan Ramscheck, who currently plays for the New Orleans Saints. But thanks to Adam Gase, he is now helping David Bakhtiari protect Aaron Rodgers. All right. Yeah, I didn't, I'll be honest, I didn't even look at offensive linemen, so I think I can say that safely now since you already took one. Um, But if you're going to take another one, that's fine. I'm not going to stop you from doing that. So, um, all right, so you're shoring up both lines. I like that. I think I am going to shore up the defensive line a little bit too. Um, I really did like Aaron Donald, and that that was really the direction I wanted to go. But there's another guy out there who I'm very, very intrigued by, someone who is a giant, fucking asshole but uh he's also the best pass rusher in the nfl right now i think and that's miles garrett so um i i know that uh you know does he fit our style that we have right now i don't know but i think it does matter you could you could put him you know as a safety and he'd still fucking get 20 sacks a year so uh that's my guy i'm putting miles garrett on the line and then um we got to fix the linebackers we really have to all right, now um, I'm nervous. Now I'm nervous. Don't take my guy. But uh, I'm kind of tempted to to leave this be, but there's no way you can take the other guy that I want. Like, I got two other guys, so I might as well just take the guy now. So 
This is a guy, and this is the one I told you. I said, you're never going to draft this guy. You never, ever would. But uh, he is the most underrated linebacker in the NFL, hands down. Is it Oren Burks? So it's not whoever that guy is. Um, but it's a guy who's played his whole career down in Tampa Bay after coming out of the University of Nebraska, Levante David, who is oh, an insane man. linebacker, absolute tackle machine. The guy runs like the wind. That's the guy that I want back there running down, you know, those running backs and, and helping our run defense. Now, Levante David, he has actually been one of the premier fantasy options for defensive players for a while now. So he's getting some dab. He should. He should. He's uh, he's insane, dude. I would love to have him on our team. He really is. So I am glad that you did not pick the person that I want to pick. But since I have my back-to-back picks here, I'm going to take the linebacker that I want to pick last. And what I'm going to do now is I am going to help out our offense. So you took DeAndre Hopkins, who is going to help out our offense. And I am going to go find my own human uh, beast who can help out our offense. And I'm going to take DK Metcalf because you know what you need? You need a big old swole man who can get in there, catch some passes, get downfield with speed. How are you going to cover Adams and Metcalf? Come on now. I like it. I like it. So we're going with DJ Metcalf. Now for my last pick, I too am going to shore up the linebacker position. And it's very unfortunate that I have to select this man because this man was available with the 28th pick in the first round of the 2020 draft. And do you know what the Packers did? Didn't take him. They traded up ahead of him and drafted Jordan Love. But instead, instead, they should have taken Patrick Queen, middle Mm. linebacker, for the Baltimore Ravens. And do you know what Patrick Queen is doing this season, Christopher? This man. Oh, uh, no. One, two, three, four, five. In five games, this man has 30 tackles, 12 assists. He's got two sacks. He's got two forced fumbles. He's got two fumble recoveries. He has a touchdown. This man is balling. And if this man would have been part of our defense, we might not even have had to do this draft. So, Thank you for not <laughs> drafting him. But with my last pick, I am taking Patrick Queen. That is not too bad. Um, I was just looking up the stats for my guy, and I still think he's better. But that's okay. Uh, all right, so I've got one more pick left, and I was I want to shore up the offense some more. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to draft a tight end. and I, uh, Or I guess not draft, but pick up a tight end, draft a tight end, whatever. Um, but what about Big Bob? <laughs> who the fuck's Big Bob? You're not sold on Big Bob Tanyan? No, not even a little bit. Not <laughs> okay. even a tiny bit. Like, I'd, I'd rather stub my toe repeatedly for the next week. No. Um, like, it's another one of those journeyman guys, right, that Aaron Rodgers turns into somebody that people think is somebody, and he's really not. He sure as hell isn't a Travis Kelsey, and that's who I'm going to put on my team. So he Tanyan can still play, and, you know, we can, we can run a two-tight end set. I don't care. But I want Travis Kelsey on my team. Oh, and Kelsey is one of those guys that he's an athlete too. So he's going to really be able to create some mismatches for him. Yeah, that's kind of the plan. I think that gives me three incredible receiving threats. Plus you got uh, Aaron Jones out of the backfield. Plus 
you know, if you really like Tanyan, you know, he's okay. So he'd be, he'd be, what is that? Like the fifth option on the team. That's, that's not too bad offensively. I can kind of deal with that. And of course there's our friend Marquez Valdez Scantling. No, I'm cutting him immediately. He's done. (laughs) He's gone. Can can you cut through those hands of Hardy Forrest Wood though? I don't know, but he's, (laughs) I'm going to lock the door so he can't get into the fucking stadium. (laughs) All right. So this week for our draft, Christopher has taken Wide receiver, DeAndre Hopkins. Defensive end, Miles Garrett. Linebacker, Levante David. And tight end, Travis Kelsey. To add to your Packers, I have taken Aaron Donald, defensive tackle. Ryan Ramschek, offensive lineman. Wide receiver, DK Metcalf. And linebacker, Patrick Queen. Let us know what your thoughts are on this draft. And also, as a personal shout-out, Bootsy, I'm sorry that I didn't take Kenny Stills. He's still garbage, and he still has hands that are like the hardiest of forest wood. <laughs> are we doing personal shout-outs now? Meh, that, that's something that came up in one of my uh, chats today. <laughs> oh, okay. there, was, there was an ESPN article that was like, who should the Packers trade for? And it was like, they should <laughs> trade for Kenny Stills. And I'm like... Hard pass. Mm, yeah, yeah. I mean, still probably better than what we have. Let's be honest. Not at $7 million. You may as well yeah. just take $7 million and throw it into a coal furnace. I mean, you didn't say we were taking salary into consideration. I mean, you know. It's true. So in any case, that is our draft for this week. Stay tuned for the next random rankings where we will probably go back to food because both of us <laughs> like to eat. Come on now. Let's be That's honest. That's fair. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So I think it is time for us to move on to our extra point. And because I always like to wrap things up myself because I'm a dick like that, I'm going to let you go first, B. All right. So for the extra point, I had a couple things that I was thinking about this week, but I'm going to go back to a point that I always like to hit on, which is mental health. Kevin Love put out an article through the Players Tribune that was kind of talking about his experience and continuing to talk about his journey with mental health. And I thought that it was very interesting to read, very empowering. And one of the things that he ends it with is, I'll never forget how our trainer kept asking me, Kevin, what do you need? What do you need? What do you need? When he was having a panic attack and an anxiety attack in 2018. And he's thought about that a lot. And he said, that's the big question, isn't it? That's everything. I spent 29 years trying to figure it out. What do you need? So I want to have all of us ask ourselves, what do you need? We live in very strange times right now. And we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to do lots of different things, to be different people to everybody. And sometimes we don't do a good enough job taking care of ourselves. So when you're feeling burdened, when you're feeling overwhelmed, when you're feeling stressed, or even if you're not, sit down and ask yourself once a day, what do I need? And try to do something for yourself to help yourself, give yourself some self-care. I know for me, I do that when I go for my walks or I get on my exercise bike, or I'm even working on stuff for this podcast because I enjoy this podcast. So you know, I think it's so important that we often get so caught up in doing everything that we need to do that we lose sight of doing stuff for ourselves because it's something that we should do. So ask yourself that question. What do you need? And make sure that you're taking care of you because to be the best version of you, it starts with taking care of you. That is a very, very good point. I think that's something that we both 
are big advocates of and something that we both take very, very seriously. And I know I share that with people as well, that, that we have to take care of ourselves. In fact, I think I've used that as my extra point before too. So I had a random thought um, earlier this week and um, it was it was something that I kind of rewatched and reread and uh, I put a note down that I wanted to use it as my my extra point. And then as life tends to uh, tends to do, it came up in a more personal manner uh, just today, as a matter of fact. So what it was that that dawned on me um, was uh, something I'd read or heard years and years ago. Um, was something that Fred Rogers had said. And uh, it was something he mentioned, and, and I, I'm not going to try to quote him directly. And um, But he talked about, you know, when he was a child and he'd see something really scary on TV, his mother would always remind him to look for the helpers. So whenever you see something scary, something bad that's happened, there's always helpers. There's always people who are doing good. And it, re- it really hit me for a number of reasons. I mean, a lot of the stuff that we've talked about on here um, – in the, you know, 11 episodes that we've had, they aren't super fun topics, right? That's part of the reason why I swear so much, besides the fact that I just swear a lot. Um, and so I think it's, uh, I really wanted to look back at, uh, uh, was it last week or maybe the week before I talked about how I'm losing hope in changing all of this, changing the uh, systematic racism that we've got, changing the the hatred that's just permeating all different areas of our society. You know, all these things that that I feel super passionate about that that needs to change. And I said I had just kind of given up hope. I didn't see any any way that that, that was going to change. And I felt very defeated after as soon as those words left my mouth, I felt defeated. And then of course I had to listen to it 17 times as I edited this podcast and it just made me feel worse. Um, and then today I was on Facebook and uh, a friend of mine on Facebook had made a post about um, her her personal beliefs around uh, the election that's coming up and and how can people support you know this president and um, you know how it's it's really conflicting for her to you know how do I how do I support or how do I you know how do I deal with people that I care about who are supporting this person who who's you know, got all these really nasty things about him. Um, keep in mind, this is this is a person who's in an interracial marriage. On top of it, and uh, and at one point she had said, you know, I just I just feel like I'm going to say this one thing and then I'm just going to be quiet. And my response to her was, we can't be quiet, right? We need to be those helpers that Fred Rogers' mom told him about. We need to be those people who are speaking up in whatever avenue we have. And maybe it's as simple as, you know, when, when we're at the Thanksgiving dinner, dinner table, you know, in a month and somebody in our family says something that, that is just completely out of, out of whack, something that is derogatory or, you know, whatever the case may be, we can't just turn our heads. We can't just bite our tongue. We have to speak up. We have to be those helpers and we have to support, you know, the ideals that really this country was based off of, in a way. I mean, we go down the whole slavery thing, and that's a much longer conversation, but we have to stand up for what's right. And I say that very, very confidently, 
because nobody's ever going to convince me that that racism and and hating on people because of who they are, nothing about that is ever right. And we have to stand up for those things and we have to make our voices heard. And we need to make sure that people in our lives, even people who necessarily aren't in our lives, even strangers, if you're, you know, if you're somebody who's on social media, we need to speak up. We need to be our, we need to have our voices heard. We need to be those helpers because if we don't, the only voices that are going to be out there are the voices of the people that are spouting that hate. And that can't be, we cannot allow that voice to be the main voice that people hear. We cannot let that voice be the voice that our children hear. Because if that's the only voice they're hearing, that's exactly how they're going to grow up. That's who they're going to become. And that's when this country just completely falls apart. So I've, I've, I've spouted off for quite a bit here. But in the end, I guess the moral of my story is we need to stand up and we need to fight for what's right in whatever way works for each and each and every one of us. We need to make sure we're taking that stand. And I hope that you're doing that as well. And that's what I got for this week. Yep. I've always heard be the change that you want to be. So we need to do that. We need to stand up. And again, I want to congratulate you and thank you for your extra life that you did. I heard that it was a great event. We'll see how it goes. Obviously, we're recording this in a future time, but um, <laughs> until next week, everybody, thanks for listening. I am Brian. That's Christopher. We're going to plug our socials here because if we don't, our uh, manager will let us know that we didn't. <laughs> so you can. Our old white manager. <laughs> oh, come on. You just had to put us out there like that, man. <laughs> but so I am at Landmark. MKE on Twitter. Christopher is at big C underscore MKE. Is it big C then the underscore? Am I right? Yeah, it's big C and then the underscore. There you go. All right. Big C underscore MKE on Twitter. We are on Twitter as almost qualified productions at AQ underscore PROD. And if you'd like to connect with us, we are also on Facebook, Anchor, and any podcast app that you might want to download this podcast on. So please uh, listen, give us your thoughts, recommendations, feedback, yell at us, whatever you want to do. But just know that we appreciate you and we are looking forward to talking with you next week. Much love, everybody. Bye-bye. I've got to be at my bar, sitting on my bar stool, drinking all the beers, spreading all of the COVID. It's going to take us years to get over this. <laughs> okay, so now we have a new outtake.